0: Oh, hello, Lee Abamonte. How are you, my friend?
1: I am well. How are you, brother?
0: Lee, it's mid-March. How aren't we talking about Maryland, Kentucky, the NCAA tournament, or how we're supposed to be less than two weeks from opening day, man? These are some weird and uncharted times.
1: It's actually devastating. And uh, yeah, this is the first year in so many years I've been really excited about Maryland basketball. So that's been killing me. Uh, especially I believe today is the first day of the tournament, right? So,
0: it, it, it is. And you know what's bothering uh, me? If guys like you, you're a diehard fan. And you get guys like uh, Dayton fans and San Diego State. This was their one time, the one year where there wasn't that one dominant team. There wasn't the Zion-led Duke team or the 38-0 Kentucky team. This was the year it was wide open. And that's what's bothering me for fans like you of these other teams. This is a sucky time right now.
1: Yeah, even schools like Penn State and Rutgers who haven't been in, and I mean, Rutgers hasn't been in in like 30 years. So, I mean, I feel uh, I feel terrible for them, those fans, because they're pretty good fans. I mean, they, they whipped Maryland a couple weeks ago. So, um, yeah, man, it just sucks. I mean, you know, everything. I mean, uh, soccer, tennis, basketball, hockey, baseball, I mean, everything. I mean, the whole world is shut down.
0: And we definitely have to talk about sports because that's what really links us. But we have to get the stupid coronavirus talk out of the way because it's consuming every aspect of life from social media to social interactions to everything when did you first hear about this
1: i mean i heard about it a couple months ago to be honest uh, right when it broke out in china i was doing a lot of tv segments uh, about travel and coronavirus so like you know in the beginning i was just like you know stay on top of the news uh, you know see what's going on and but we didn't really have any information you know and the way I kind of looked at it, um, you know, I wasn't going to go to mainland China for a long time. And then, it, you know, kind of spread to Asia and you figure, you know, it gets taken care of. And then you start hearing about things going on in uh, Italy all of a sudden. And I was supposed to fly to Milan a couple of weeks ago to go to the uh, AC Milan game and then Juventus and Inter Milan. And, uh, you know, so I had to change that, obviously. And then it just got progressively worse, um, really, over a couple month period. And then all of a sudden... It's in America, and but you knew it was coming, and and that's kind of the disheartening thing about it is just how unprepared we've been, and uh, you know we kind of find ourselves in the situation we're at now.
0: Like everyone else, I was like, okay, this is nonsense. It's more media-driven hype, which happens all the time. And like you said, once Italy got it, I'm like, wait a minute, Italy is in Asia. Italy, Italy's, I hate to say, mainland where people go. This is really weird. And then when you saw it just take off you knew it was coming here and stuff. And you and I were both traveling, uh, when I really, really got wind of it. Were you nervous on your trip or like you were all over Europe? What were they talking about?
1: Yeah, before the trip, I mean, there was definitely some talk about whether we should go or not. And, uh, you know, I, I switched my flight from Milan and, uh, you know, I knew there was, uh, you know, it was going on in other parts of Europe, but I mean, it's like, what are you going to do, man? You got to live your life. And, uh, you know, the only thing for me that I had different than uh, most people was that I have a a friend who lives in uh, Turin in Northern Italy. So I was kind of getting some updates and information about how bad it was in Northern Italy. And it's still hard to wrap your head around it, you know, how, how bad it it is and uh, how poorly the Italian government handled it. And, you know, which is almost as bad as how the American government is handling it right now. But, um, it's, it's just hard to wrap your head around. And, uh, you know, it's all over Europe now. It's all over here. and It's really all over the world. It's just something we just got to get through and deal with. It, it just really, really sucks. And it's just uh, not just sports and travel you can't watch or, or do. I mean, the economy is tanking. I and mean, Everyone's retirement accounts are in the shitter. And, uh, you know, the stock market is uh, down like a third in like two weeks, which is, you know, like the crash of 29, basically.
0: You know, it's crazy. When you said... The how it's spread in Italy, we're not prepared for it. What did uh, Taiwan, China, Korea, what they do so much better than what we're doing and what Italy's doing? Because if you're judging by what the news is saying, they're not having any new cases and it seems like they're getting better when everything else is getting worse. What they do so good?
1: Well, I take what China says kind of with a grain of salt because yeah. <laughs> obviously it's China, but at the same time, uh, I don't think they'd be shutting it down and kind of taking a victory lap if it wasn't really kind of dissipating out there. Um, and, you know, with China, it's, again, it's hard to say because it's communist. But at the same time, if I know the Chinese government or, you know, certainly the Asian Mindset, they just went at it, you know, like the South Koreans did. They were testing 10, 15,000 people a day. I mean, literally going like house to house, like stopping people and, and, and testing them. And that's how they not, not so much eradicated it, but limited the spread. And, uh, You know, they're they're enforcing rules and and people follow them. People do what's good for the greater good in, in most countries. The problem with America and New York City specifically, I mean, walk around the streets. It's like a regular Thursday today. You know, you don't really notice much different. Uh, people are still walking around doing their thing. Um, you know, you see stuff on the news, these kids in Florida on the beach, just doing spring break, going to the bars. And I blame the government for that. They have to, they have to take control. Cause if you give people a chance, like a, a choice or an opportunity to go out and do something, they're going to do it. You know what I mean? You have to kind of take the choice away from As un-American as that sounds in this particular instance, just get it over with just, you know, just, the Band-Aid real fast just you know just make that the rule and then people will follow it otherwise give them a choice they're not going to you know
0: perfectly said because in the beginning and now I admit when I'm wrong in the beginning I'm like this is bull crap like if I want to go the Yankee game I know not to go see my grandmother so I'll and then the more you read about it and I someone tweeted it was great someone's like you wouldn't believe it. The scientist knows more than the dude from high school who keeps uh, like posting on Facebook, and it's so true. Once I started reading about it, I'm like, okay, the severity of this, how everyone has it, now celebrities are getting it, Duran has it. Just be smart, and in Taiwan and Korea, they all stayed in the house, and they enforced it. Like They drove around in like, the tanks and the trucks, like, get in your house, and all the stores complied. I live here in Astoria now. Lee, I went out a couple days ago. On Sunday, I walked... You would have never known – listen, you're going to have the picture of the empty Times Square because tourists aren't here. But every bar, every cafe was pumping like it was a Sunday brunch, man. That's frustrating.
1: Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I've been out uh, taking walks every day. I walk my dog. I'll go up to Central Park. You know, I stay away from people, and I literally walk on the other side of the street or move out of the way when they come by. But at the same time, I mean, you see people. Uh, I went into Starbucks um, yesterday to get like just an espresso or something, and you know, there was like ten people behind the uh, counter just congregating, giggling, laughing, and you know, I, you know, it, it's it's it, you can't really tell somebody not to let do it but they got to be smarter than that and then you see these videos of spring breakers it it, it drives you crazy but at the same time uh you know again for me it all falls back on the uh on the government and them not making the proper decisions and i'm not just talking about uh you know trump and the federal government i'm talking about de blasio cuomo all of them they have to enforce this stuff otherwise people won't follow especially in this city where people don't like to be told what to do you know
0: yeah and it doesn't help that like the governor of uh, West Virginia is like, don't listen to this. We have no cases. Go out to eat. It's like, no, the we all have to be on the same team here, and you can't have Hoboken having a curfew and New York not having it. That's what they're doing wrong. It's each city, each township is making their own rules, and that's what's, that's what's killing us.
1: Well, that's why it has to come down from the federal level, and you're exactly right. And you know, you look at a state like West Virginia, they're bragging, and they don't have any cases. They've probably got 1,000 cases. Yeah. They just don't know it because they're not testing. <laughs> and these people... You know, live in hollows and, you know, they come out to get tested. It's hard to get tested, you know?
0: Hey, uh, back to sports thing. What sports? Because you mentioned you were going to go see AC Milan. Obviously, you include sports on your awesome European trip. What would you see and what you have planned to see?
1: Well, I was supposed to go to the AC Milan Genoa game on, uh, it was like a Saturday, like March 1st, I think it was, uh, uh, Sunday, March 1st, it was like an early game at like noon, and then that night I was supposed to go to the Juventus Inter Milan game in Turin, which was like at 9 o'clock, So, and it's only like an hour train ride, so obviously I had to cancel both of those. The following Sunday, I did go to the Bayern Munich Wolfsburg game. And, uh, and that was great. That was a lot of fun. I, you know, I know you're a big Bayern Munich fan. Mm-hmm. It was my first time in Allianz arena. How beautiful so that is was that? Pretty it? How cool. beautiful I mean, what that? a scene oh. really it was just awesome. And, uh, you know, there was no, no mind paid to uh, the Corona thing. And, you know, we kind of had seats kind of by ourselves. So we didn't really interact with a lot of people, um, other than watching them. But I mean, obviously a stadium of 85,000 people, I mean, uh, you never know. And, uh, yeah, so that and then, um, you know, I had a couple other things in mind. Like, I, I had a couple free days one time. I was thinking about going to the uh, Tottenham-Leipzig uh, Champions League game, but I didn't go because of uh, it was just a pain in the butt, and you never knew if they were going to play the game anyway, so you didn't want to commit. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of my plans were altered, and uh, half the reason I was out in Europe for the first place uh, were to go to some of those games. So
0: This is a serious question because you're kind of always pigeonholed as the travel guy. What are you doing without sports? Cuz sports is equally or if not more important to your life. What are you like seriously doing without sports in your life for the past 8 days? <laughs> it's been uh it's been complicated.
1: I uh just trying to find things to do, man. Uh you know, catching up on old work stuff, trying to uh you know, maintain relationships. I mean, for my business, uh it's going to it's going to kill us. You know what I mean? So it's it's not just me. I mean, the whole industry, I mean, from airlines down to uh Writers and stuff, but at the same time, uh, I'm not too worried about the airlines and hotels and cruise lines and things like that. I'm worried about the small businesses and independent contractors, you know, bloggers, writers, photographers, that type of thing. Uh, you know, the people who you know kind of fall through the cracks of these government bailouts, which are, seem to be inevitable. You know what I mean? And uh, and for me, just trying to um, just trying to stay healthy, exercise, um, you know, not eat like crap because. You don't want the uh, freshman fifteen coming back at you just because you're kind of trapped, you
0: know. Right now, what are you missing more? Right now, March Madness or the anticipation of baseball?
1: Uh, right now, it's March Madness mm-hmm. because Maryland was uh, was good. I don't I don't really get caught up in spring training. Uh, although I was actually down for the opening of Yankee spring training this year, I went to their first game against Toronto uh, back at the end of February with with uh, Slate actually. Okay. So. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So right now, it's definitely March Madness. I mean, to me, this is this weekend right now, starting Thursday to Sunday, mm-hmm. and the Masters weekend are the two best sports weekends of the entire year.
0: Without that, and the only one I always throw in there with a little wrinkle is I love uh, the first Saturday in May because it's Kentucky Derby, and usually it's a big boxing match. So that that's usually what they've been trying to do. So I always add that third day, the first weekend of college basketball, the Masters, and that. Kentucky Derby Sunday, I always, the Saturday, I always loved that day. You had, you a, know, when
1: I was a kid, I, yeah. when I was a kid, I loved the Kentucky Derby. I've just kind of uh, just lost interest in horse racing over the years. I mean, I still like, like to know who won and stuff like that. But when I was a kid, it was like a big deal. And then it's just, you know, the Kentucky Derby is still fun, but in the Preakness and the Belmont, they always suck because there's only like six or seven horses running in it these days. I, I just feel like the Triple Crown has really lost a lot of its luster over the last
0: 15 20 years oh it's it's so much and you know what if you watch the derby it's 20 horses it is incredible and then you watch it three weeks later it's like okay we have six horses and then they're always going for the triple crown it did it lost a lot of its pizzazz and that's that that is sucky because that's a those horse racing days remember even from 10 years ago big brown and stuff those were special special days
1: Yeah, I I think, honestly, um, remember Barbero? I think that's what kind of took me off because SportsCenter was doing so much on him. I just got tired of hearing about it. It's kind of like Brett Favre retiring. It was just like the story that just wouldn't go away.
0: Well, I'm glad you brought up a quarterback because you had a great tweet. Uh, I think it was two days ago. Thank God for Tom Brady announcing he wasn't going back to the Pats because finally you can scroll on social media. It took a breather and we can discuss sports again. That's when you know... For that one second, how much sports is an outlet? What are your ideas or thoughts about Brady leaving the Patriots, bro?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's really all we got going right now. That's all right? we got. My, my thoughts on Brady are basically like, you know, good for him, whatever. I mean, uh, who are we to tell the man that he can't go? I mean, uh, Montana left, Favre left, uh, you know, so many people have left toward the end. Jordan went to the Bullets, mm-hmm. you know? so Ewing, I a mean, Ewing, too? Yeah, right. Ewing went to the uh, what? Super Sonics. The Sonics. I came alive when I played for the Raptors. People don't remember that. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, so for me, I mean, listen, the Patriots really blew it last year. I mean, they lost to what the Dolphins in spectacularly awful fashion, and they just got blown away by the, uh, the Titans at home. So, I mean... Um, you know, I don't really blame him. He had no offensive weapons and he still managed to go like 12 and four, whatever they did, whatever they ended up 11 and five, 12 and four. And, uh, you know, I think with those two stud receivers they got down there mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to pick up some of the guys. And they got Arians it, 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 um, head coach and he's worked with the offensive coordinator before and then they got Bowles. The old Jets guy on defense, I think they're just going to be right up there with the, uh, the 49ers and the Saints as uh, kind of the three-headed favorite in the NFC. I mean, why couldn't they win?
0: When eventually sports comes back, I honestly think 2020 might be a wrap with fans and stuff do you agree or you think maybe towards football season we'll be able to sprinkle some fans in there
1: well I mean, it's hard to speculate and I really hope so um you know <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of like uh okay sports are back now you guys can all go to the stadium but all you've been doing is quarantining for three months so it's like are you gonna just jump back into Yankee Stadium where there's 50,000 people I don't know um, you know, you know, cause who knows who's got it mm-hmm. you don't want to, can you get it again? You know, there's so many things that we don't know because this is like a new virus. Right. So, I mean, for sports, for me, um, I've kind of just basically given up until June, essentially. Um, until after like the French open, I really hope they play Wimbledon. That's one of my favorite events of the year. I hope they play the masters later in the year and uh obviously obviously baseball um the nba and nhl i don't know what they're going to do with them i mean are they going to finish the seasons in september and then start a new season in october i mean how's that work you know this is like just uncharted unprecedented territory i mean we really have no idea
0: and it's weird because like we said sports are our lives and yet i'm not i don't know if you are i'm not listening really to sports like i used to listen i listen to Buster only's podcast i can't even read a sports illustrated baseball preview because i'm like it's so far away i'm not going to be reading about the yankees and cole and i had such high hopes for our yankees this year and i'm i'm not even reading about sports i feel you know when you travel and you're not on social media every five seconds when you're maybe a remote place like i was just in pakistan i wasn't even on my phone so i had no connection to sports at all that's the way i feel i am because i don't even want to read about it because i don't want to get the get hyped for no reason
1: Yeah. You know, I still find myself going to like ESPN and I, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a huge tennis fan. So I go to like ATP and tennis.com and like check out those sites and apps and stuff like that. And, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing going on. They're just like writing about, uh, you know, replaying stuff that happened in 1994. You know what I mean? It's like, Jesus, yeah, you know, but I feel for them, they got to create content. I mean, they're gonna, you know, they got to worry about losing their jobs too. And like, they're losing traffic, ad revenue, the whole thing. This, this whole thing is just affecting everybody. Um, you know, so, I mean, for me personally, man, I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to, you know, watch some, some Netflix, catch up on some, some different series I've been meaning to watch. I'm going to hopefully start writing my book and, uh, you know, do, do a couple different things. Um, maybe start my own podcast. So, uh, Yeah, man, it's it sucks. It sucks, but you gotta stay positive and uh, try to make the best of it as hard as that can be. Especially watching the stock market tank every day, and uh, you know everyone's getting sick around you. It's it's crazy, man. It's like it's like the zombie apocalypse, dude. There's nothing like this, you know.
0: Yeah, and we're all being held captive in our apartments. And I was gonna ask you, and you would just answer my questions. What are you doing with your time? And you had one of the coolest things that you put on Twitter. You had the list of the Mount Rushmore. Of athletes from a bunch of cities do you have the list in front of you because i want to talk about it
1: uh, i don't have it in front of me but i i know it from my my head you know
0: well you made it the new york one obviously it's babe ruth lawrence taylor that obvious basketball you went with ewing and i agree on that but a few people said bernard king and now my buddy made a great point because you you put hockey because everyone puts the hockey one in there can we take off hockey because messier people wanted Messier on that and you put tyson on there can we do that
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you, you can claim uh, the Brownsville Bomber if you want. Um, I mean, there's so many guys from New York you could claim, right? But, uh, yeah, Ewing, I don't know. I mean, um, you know, Bernard King wouldn't qualify because he didn't uh, play long enough, as I was saying. I mean, if he had stayed healthy, he probably would have been the best Nick, and then he got the guys from the championship teams like Willis Reed, Clyde Frazier, Earl Pearl Monroe, Bill Bradley, Dave DeBusher. I mean, you got these guys who were all Hall of Famers, but are any of them actually as good as Patrick Ewing? I don't think so. So I mean I mean, Ewing never won the title, but I don't think there's any question that he's the
0: best Nick. Boston surprised me. People were actually putting Big Poppy over Ted Williams, and that blew my mind. That is just recency bias because Ted Williams was he's the greatest. How did people how did people argue about Big Poppy over Ted Williams? Yeah, but people
1: don't know what most people don't know what they're talking about, and like they just know, uh, you know, Ortiz was a good player. And first of all, Ted Williams, I mean, played in the '40s and '50s, and like retired I think 1960 or '61. And you know, he's a top five player of all time, and he lost five years to military service, and he still had 521 home runs, hit like 340. And if he had played all five of those years, uh, you know, he would have hit 700, Mm -hmm. 800 home runs. I mean, he the last guy to hit 400 I mean we're talking probably the greatest actual hitter of all time maybe him Luke Garrick Stan Musial those are the three greatest hitters of all time not necessarily home run hitters but just actual hitters you know and and Ted Williams is a top five uh, maybe even top four three player of all time I think Ruth is the clear number one Bonds Mays Mm -hmm. Williams Cobb I think those are the five best players of all time
0: I had one issue with your Chicago one the baseball, you yeah. had the big hurt, Frank Thomas, and I was thinking, and maybe not Maddox, probably not long enough, what about Ernie Banks over uh, Frank Thomas?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's actually one I thought long and hard about, and uh, obviously, when most people think of Chicago, they think of the Cubs and not the White Sox, mm-hmm. and Ernie Banks is the first guy you think of. Um, and Maybe you think of Sammy Sosa, but Ernie Banks, 500 and uh 12 career home runs well Frank Thomas hit 521 he had 150 more RBIs than Ernie Banks they won the same amount of MVPs too and uh, Frank Thomas also won a World Series so and his war was like 15 points higher so I'm not really one on these like sabermetrics things and I yeah. know you're not either but that's a pretty big that is difference and Ernie Banks batted 270 for his career Frank Thomas batted 304 that's a big difference
0: That you know what that is a big difference and you know what that might be just Old time Hall of Fame Ernie Banks should be old. That's a good job. Good research on you. I didn't realize how stacked the Bay Area was Barry Bonds, Jerry Rice, Steph Curry, Joe Thornton. That's a stacked four.
1: Yeah. And if you, ta- if you take the Sharks out of it, because, uh, you know, they only have about a 25, 30 year history, um, I mean, they also have Patrick Marlowe. So you could have gone either Marlowe or Thornton and that. But I mean, if you think about baseball, right? You got Barry Bonds uh, Willie Mays, obviously, and Willie McCovey. And I mean, I wouldn't put Buster Posey or Bumgarner in there, but you have some, some great baseball players, but to me, Barry Bonds, you know, the cheating aside and steroids and all that is besides Babe Ruth, the greatest player that ever lived. And I know people will argue that Mays, et cetera, but when Mays was, um, when Bonds was with the giants, he put together something like six or seven of the top 10 seasons in history by mm-hmm. anybody. And, uh, you know, steroids or whatever, he still did it. I mean, the guy hit 73 home runs, and he only swung it like 200 <laughs> balls that year. I mean, it's insane, you know. And uh, and in terms of uh, football, I mean, really, you have two of the three or four best football players of all time who played for the Niners, obviously Jerry Rice and, and Montana. And and really, you could throw Steve Young in there also. But to me, Jerry Rice is the singular greatest football player of all time. I put him ahead of uh, Brady, Jim Brown, and Barry Sanders, and Walter Payton, who I think would come next
0: two more other, uh, cities, Dallas surprised me. One, it wasn't as good as I thought. And I thought Pudge over Nolan Ryan, that could have went either way too. Because Nolan Ryan's stats aren't great besides the strikeouts, no hitters. So the Pudge one surprised me a little bit. Well, if you think about
1: the uh, the Rangers, first of all, Nolan Ryan only played there a couple of years mm-hmm. toward the end of his career. Uh, remember, he started with the Mets and then he went to the Angels and then to the Astros and then to the Rangers. So he played something like 25 seasons, but it was pretty evenly spread out across those uh those four teams and uh his best years were definitely not with the rangers not in and no won 324 but he also like lost 286 games people mm-hmm. forget that and uh you know he was a great pitcher but he wasn't like the best pitcher now pudge rodriguez uh you know cheating aside he was the best ranger so of all time i mean yeah, the other guys would be like Palmero, A-Rod, Gonzalez, but none of them really played there long enough. The only other guy I really thought about was Adrian Beltre, but he's another one of these guys that played for like seven different teams. So I think Pudge was the uh, the guy. The only other one I really struggled with in Dallas was Staubach versus uh, Emmett Smith, yeah. Tony But mm-hmm. It really came down to Staubach and Emmett for me.
0: And how about Sneaky Awesome? And you said you were going to add them, but you didn't have enough room on your spreadsheet. How about Pittsburgh? you have Clemente or Bonds, whichever one you put on? Mario Lemieux. And Bradshaw or Franco Harris, Pittsburgh's sneaky awesome right there.
1: Well, what people, uh, you know, you're talking about kind of more recent guys. What people forget is Thomas Wagner uh, mm-hmm. played for the Pirates. And, uh, you know, he's like a top-ten war guy of all time. And, uh, you know, he'd be on your all-time starting nine if, if you did your infield. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would argue that I would choose Thomas Wagner first and then probably Clemente second and then probably Willie Stargell, uh, third, and then Bonds, fourth, because uh, Bonds only played about six or seven years for the Pirates. Granted, he won two MVPs, um, but that's how I would rank them for baseball. For for hockey, it's Lemieux, no question. Sidney Crosby's a close second, but Lemieux will, uh, uh, I think he's a top four or five player of all time, whereas I think Crosby's a top 10 player of all time.
0: Any of the lists will you be compiling while you're held captive in your apartment?
1: I'm sure I'll think of other lists because I like doing lists. And and for the Steelers, that's an interesting one too because you got you got the guys from the, the the Iron Curtain teams, right? You got the offensive guys, you got Bradshaw, Swan, Stallworth, and Franco Harris, and then you got the defensive guys, Ham and Lambert and Mean Joe Green and Elsie Greenwood. So you got like you know, eight Hall of Fame guys from those teams alone, but I guess you got to go with the quarterback who won four uh, championships in Bradshaw, and then now you got Big Ben, and uh, I guess he's the only one from these current teams that might make the list, but uh, uh, maybe Teron Bettis, but he also played half his career for the Rams as well.
0: Yeah, I was excited with how good Pittsburgh was. That one actually surprised me while thinking it. Someone said about Bonds, I'm like, oh, Pittsburgh, and that made me think of it. Um off sports for a second. You mentioned different series and stuff. I don't watch much TV. I actually just finished The Sopranos maybe a month or two ago. What other shows are you, uh, you trying to watch? You're trying to catch up on?
1: Um, I'm really excited for the new season of Ozarks to come out.
0: Yeah, the 27th, uh, next the week, that is. Two-
1: yeah. Yeah, it's coming up really soon, so that'll be fun. Uh, the first two seasons, it's kind of a ridiculous show, but it's like one of those shows you watch and you can't stop watching. The yeah. acting yeah, is really good um you know it's kind of like the show billions it's a little far-fetched but i mean you kind of get into it and you just kind of accept it for what it is and like kind of get into it um i'm i want to get caught up on homeland uh, i have about four or five episodes to go there uh, i just started that mcmillions which i think is pretty good
0: oh i heard that's really um, good
1: yeah and then you know i have a list of like 14 different shows that people have recommended for me i gotta go back and look at what they are but um You know, uh, I mean, if people are looking for shows, I mean, to me, the best shows of all time are The Wire, Breaking Bad, uh, and The Sopranos. I think those are the three best shows of all time.
0: You get mad at me because you came on the show when uh, Omar from The Wire came on. I've never seen The Wire yet. I haven't seen it yet, and people are getting, I have Amazon Prime, I have Netflix, I've never watched The Wire. Wait, you still haven't watched it even after we did the show with Omar?
1: (laughs) I still haven't watched it. dude, yeah. I'm actually jealous because you get to watch five seasons of The Wire. It's that good.
0: Yeah, people, when I was like, I was like live tweeting during, during The Sopranos because I never watched it. And people were like, you've never seen this? People were like, I'm jealous that you're like, you know, watching this as it's happening. They were like, because, you know, after you know what goes on, you can watch it again, but it loses its luster. And that was amazing. I got to watch The Wire. I know I got to step that up. Yeah. yeah,
1: man, it's good. Especially with what you do, you'll uh, you'll love it.
0: Hey, you mentioned the freshman 15. People can be either losing weight or gaining weight because there's no gyms. Dude, you lost a lot of weight. What would you do to lose weight?
1: Yeah, I just stopped eating like an asshole and started going to the uh, the gym a lot. And then just, you know, eating right. And eating right is 90% of the battle, man. I mean, exercise is good for kind of the, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, chiseled or whatever, but mm-hmm. uh in order to lose weight and like kinda look healthy, it's just changing your diet. And I basically just eliminated all sugar from my diet. Okay. Uh literally almost everything. I mean occasionally I'll like dabble. I, I lowered carb intake, mm-hmm. uh, which was hard for me because I love pizza and pasta. So yeah, I just yeah. try to lessen it. And then of course exercise to offset, you know, what you do. I mean you still gotta live your life and eat what you want. You don't want to starve. But I mean uh yeah, I mean that's basically it, man. And I got rid of uh soda. I don't do Diet Coke. I used to do a shit ton of Diet Coke and I don't drink beer anymore either.
0: Oh, no beer at all anymore?
1: Nah, no, I just switched to uh the whiskey basically.
0: Very good. i I was impressed because you I you, I think on Instagram or something you had a fit, fa- and your face looked so much in how much weight did you lose? Uh
1: probably about thirty pounds to be honest. Um and
0: wow. uh you know I'm tall so I messed it well, but I knew
1: and uh you know, I feel great.
0: Lee Abamonte on the pod. We have to talk some travel. Sound good? Yeah, man. You mentioned it earlier, and I want to jump to it now. I want to make sure we talk some sports. For me, the travel ban's frustrating, and it's an inconvenience. Every month, I'm trying to go somewhere new, always planning trips, racking up the countries. But for you, it's it's your passion, but it's also your livelihood. What does this mean for you personally?
1: Well, yeah, like I was saying earlier, it's hard to say, man. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's scary is what it is. I mean, you know, I make my money traveling basically and getting paid to do things. And, uh, you know, with the travel ban, obviously I'm not going to be traveling and and making money that way. So I have to kind of get creative. Uh, I do, uh, some television things called satellite media tours, which, um, are very lucrative, but they're not as frequent as, uh, you know, other things. So you you do them when you can. I have deals with different companies, um, that I'm hoping they don't, you know, suspend or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, we'll see, uh, is the answer. I mean, it depends how long this goes. Um, you know, if you talk to people who run blogs and websites and stuff like that, you know, traffic is down massively because people aren't searching travel because they're not going anywhere, you know? So people aren't like booking hotels, booking flights, um, doing research on destinations. So a lot of people who have blogs and travel websites are going to literally get killed and, uh, not, you know, no one's going to shoot them or anything, but I mean, you know, they're just going to get crushed financially. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to be in a position where, you know, I can absorb some, but I mean, uh, at the same time, I mean, who the hell wants to deal with that? So the answer is, I don't know. And, uh, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm just trying to, uh, do what I can and take it day by day and stay on top of things. You know,
0: when this started happening, I know I was one of the people I'm like, man, I feel bad for the bartenders and like people who work on tips and, you know, the hostess in a restaurant who don't have a job anymore. Like I went to the ice cream store the other night. And I'm like, oh, my God, like this dude's not going to have a job. in a week. it was bothering me. And then Julia said to me, she goes, what about Lee and the travel stuff? And I said, wow, I didn't even think about it. And then we read a story about not the fake, uh, you know, Instagram, quote, unquote, influencers who take the fake pictures. You know, they pay $50 to go to the top of a hotel to take the famous picture and then, and then leave and stuff. That's a different story. Long term. Do you think this will bounce back? You'll be fine. I know that because you have such a loyal following. You've done it for so long. But I know short time it's worrisome, but you think long-term everything will be back to normal traveling or it might take a while?
1: Uh, It's hard to say, man. I mean, I I think it's going to be a while, to be honest. Uh, Certainly for international stuff, I mean – in my opinion, they should just shut everything down for, you know, a couple weeks here. I mean, I don't even know why they're still flying domestically. I mean, the the industry's shot, nobody's going anywhere. I mean, just shut it down, you know, get rid of this thing so we can get by faster. This is like my whole complaint with uh, what, you know, Trump and, and Cuomo and de Blasio and all these like politicians are doing, they're not doing enough. In my view, they just got to shut everything down and just, you know, just get it over with. I mean, this already sucks, you know, everything's fucked. So just, go do it and then we can move on you know um because the longer longer this goes on and people don't really listen to the rules the, the harder it's going to be to get out of it you know
0: now we're, we're talking again selfishly me are we gonna be talking cheap flights a lot of big deals or will the airlines be putting on like maybe extra cleaning taxes and stuff like that to kind of recoup the losses which way do you see that going
1: Uh, I think that they're going to be deals initially because they're going to try to lure people back because you know how people are. They're still going to be skeptical. Uh, But then once they get you in, once they get the government bailout, Then, you know, I just worry about moral hazard, just like, you know, the financial bailout, you know, 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was, you know, they go back to doing the same thing. Once they pay back the the loan, then what all these airlines and different companies engage in stock buybacks, So their shareholders get rich and everyone else gets fucked because they raise prices on everything else. Same thing they did with the oil boom. These airlines are making record profits. Did they ever once lower the prices of flights? No, never. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, the way I look at the airlines, fuck them. So I don't feel bad for the airlines. I feel bad for individual people.
0: When you mentioned why not just shut it down, I'm not asking you to be a government official, but how aren't they saying, yeah, there's no more flights for 30 days unless absolute necessity. And the truth, there shouldn't be a necessity now unless there's a, a death or something crazy. How aren't they just shutting down all flights and getting everything under control? Like, why isn't that happening?
1: I have no idea, man. I'm not in the government, but I assume it has to do with uh, they can't come to a universal agreement because everyone's worried about the economy, especially with this being an election year, you know. Um, but at the same time, everything's already screwed, so you might as well just do the right thing.
0: Is there any chance this is a good thing for travel? Obviously, we have to look at the you know glass half full. Maybe the overpopulated tourist places get a little breather. You saw the pictures of Venice. They have, like, for the first time, it's clear water there. And, you know, the beaches in the Philippines and Thailand are getting a breather. Is there any way this might be a good thing for a little bit?
1: I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I guess so. I mean, you know, Venice and places like that had already in, implemented uh, – tourist restrictions, you know, as I always say, tourists only go to good places. You I love, go I love when you say that, don't yeah, go, go to the fucking Sudan.
0: Yeah. Know? I love when you say that, that when someone's like, oh, everyone goes down, you're like, yeah, because it must be a good place. That's why everyone's going to those beaches. You know, that's why they're going to Paris. Cause it's good there.
1: Right. And, and I always say to people, you know, if you, if you ever travel with me, like I wake up at like, you know, five, six in the morning mm-hmm. and I'm out there early, like, you know, walking around doing my thing, getting my photos with nobody in them. And, uh, you know, I, I, don't really get bothered by a ton of tourists. I mean, if you go to Venice on a, with a tour group, uh, you know, like one of these, you know, Florence with a bus of Asian tourists, I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, it's going to be annoying, you know what I mean? But at the same time, uh, you know, if you do things independently and are smart about it or go in shoulder season, it's really not that bad. I mean, if you're going to go to Italy in July or August, it's going to be crowded, you know, or Paris, it's going to be crowded. It's just the way it is. You gotta, you gotta plan better, you know?
0: What other travel plans did you have set up for 2020?
1: Um, right now, I mean, obviously I had to cut my Europe, uh, Mm -hmm. trip short, which really sucked. And, then um, I have like, uh, I've incorporated golf a lot into my business, so I had about four or five different, um, shorter golf trips coming up, (coughs) excuse me. Um, some of which, uh, you know, were relatively lucrative. So it's, it's frustrating because I'm out money on those, not to mention, I just love playing golf and they're in cool places and, uh, in warm weather. So it's, um, it, it sucks. And, you know, I had a couple other trips like that I was thinking about that I hadn't pulled the trigger on yet. I just had a wedding in Costa Rica um, that I was excited to go to canceled in June. So, um, you know, and that's just the first half of the year. And, uh, you know, I hadn't even gotten into summer and fall yet. So we'll see.
0: People always ask you, always ask me to ask you about the miles, this and that. I know you have sponsors. So give the plugs for your recommendations for Lee, what's the best card to get miles? What's this? What's your expertise and all that stuff? Because people always asking you.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I always tell people uh, join all the programs, and uh, because you never, you know, I always say the best flight is a direct flight. Um, but now with the uh, the status on the airlines, it's kind of annoying because it's dollar based and some are segment based, so you have to kind of think of it a little bit differently, especially if you fly United like I generally do. Mm-hmm. Um, so you gotta, you gotta just kind of plan ahead, see how much you're going to be spending now that it's dollar based and then just kind of try to stay loyal to one airline. Um, in terms of credit cards, I do, uh, I do the bank of America premium rewards card, uh, because you get, uh, it's a low annual fee and you get multiple points per dollar spent on travel and dining. Of course, there's no real travel or or dining these days. So that makes it a little bit difficult, but, uh, Um, the other cards that I have used in the past are the Chase Sapphire card for the same reasons and, um, you know, the Amex Platinum, but I don't really use that anymore. I used to use that. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I work with Bank of America and I think their card's fantastic.
0: Does this absolutely destroy the cruise business for a while?
1: Uh, yeah, it's not good for the cruise industry right now. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to, um, recoup. I know that Trump has said that they're going to bail out the cruise industry. Um, You know, I have mixed feelings on that, kind of like the airlines. uh, And I actually like – I'm one of the few people that actually like cruises Mm -hmm. because it's like a luxury hotel that moves, so you're in a different place every day, which is kind of cool. You don't really have to do anything. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's not good for that many people to be in one place. And, you know, it's not just coronavirus. You've heard about different outbreaks – uh over the years and i've yeah. been on ships where where things have happened and you know they had to basically hunker down and uh you know you can't touch anything and you constantly peereling your hands so i mean it just happens i mean we have that many people in an enclosed area and something goes wrong i mean it's just uh, it's just a bad omen but you know people are going to come back they're going to cruise because it's affordable and um you know people like cruising what can i tell you all you can eat all you can drink i mean what else do you want you know
0: if you hear things are getting better a lot better and June 1st, there are some cool places with cheap flights. Will you be going or will you be still a little nervous about going?
1: Um, I wouldn't be nervous about going at all. Um, I mean, you know, I, truthfully, I would, I would travel now, mm-hmm. uh, if I was allowed to. Um, but at the same time, uh, I'm just trying to do the responsible thing and, uh, <clears throat> you know, not bring on anything unnecessarily. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit of a germaphobe, but at the same time, uh, you know, I'm just trying to be smart here. And if I have it, I don't want to give it to other people. And I don't want to be that guy. If somebody coughs on the plane, like giving them dirty looks, you know,
0: I love randomly going on your Instagram page. I don't have Instagram. Randomly I'll check out, see what you're doing. And people will be, Hey Lee, have you ever been to insert any country? And obviously you have. So I'll never ask you that, but how about some cities you're either dying to go back to or cities you've never visited that you really want to check out. Are there like anything that stand out for you?
1: You know, I would say um, I, I did a, uh, you know, <laughs> ironically China, right? So in October I was in uh, in China and I basically just picked four random cities in China that I'd never been to. Mm-hmm. And half of them you haven't even heard of, right? So it's like China, people forget. They have 115 con- uh, cities <laughs> with over a million people, right? You, you realize the United States only has eight? I mean, that's madness. So, you know, I just picked some random cities and every one of them was pretty awesome. And everything's like pretty much brand new. And you literally know nothing about it. So, I mean, exploring more of China was kind of on my list. I mean, nowadays, uh, you know, I probably wait till I go back there for a little while. But um, getting to know China a little bit better and going back to Brazil is probably big on my list because I haven't been there in like almost 15 years.
0: I know you were trying to complete the Travelers Century Club. I think it's 325 countries and territories. And I think you had five or six places to go. How many more places do you have to finish this, another new list? Because you already have the 193, the 325. How many places on there can't you visit? I know there was like a loophole, but two of them you can't even go to, right?
1: Yeah. So we haven't talked about it in a while, but they added a couple places. So the list is actually a 329 now. Ugh. And I'm at 323 of the 329. So uh, <clears throat> the there's a couple that are definitely doable. Um the question is, do I really care enough to do it? Uh, so the four that I've had for a long time are the British Indian ocean territory or Diego Garcia and wake Island, which you can't go to either one of those, which is complicated. Uh, Tristan De Cunha, which requires a really long boat ride and, uh, um, Socotra Mm -hmm. off the coast of Yemen, which is uh, been off limits. Although you can go, but you have to spend a week there. And I've been remiss to spend a week there because I mean, what the fuck am I going to do there for a week? And then, um, New ones they've added are South Georgia, which, you know, South Georgia, South Sandwich Islands, down off the coast of Antarctica, which I'd actually really like to go to because they have, like, four million penguins there. It's okay. the highest uh, density of penguins anywhere in the world. The problem is it's, like, a three-week trip, mm. and uh, I don't really like boats. <laughs> so <laughs> one of these days I'll do it. And then the, uh, the last one that they just added is uh, South Cetche over there in the, uh, the Caucasus.
0: And are you going to – see, I know you. I know you're a competitive guy, but you mentioned Wake Island you can't go to. Why can't you go to it?
1: Because it's owned by the uh, U.S. Uh, Wildlife uh, Federation or whatever they call it, um, the government uh, agency. And they've in the last like 40 years, 35, 40 years, they've only allowed one trip to go there. And that was in 2008. And I was hoping to go. But I was in business school at the time. And I had finals and they wouldn't let me out of my finals. So oh. I had to uh, not do it. And I was told that they would do it again for the, uh, the 70th anniversary of the Battle of Wake Island. And, uh, of course, they uh, – or 75th anniversary, and, of course, they uh, canceled that trip. And I was in Guam uh, three different times or four different times to go to Wake Island, and each time it was canceled. So it's very frustrating.
0: Now, 329's the number. Is there anyone who hit ha- who, uh, all 329?
1: Uh, I'm sure there is. It's hard to say because the number keeps changing, and I, I haven't really paid much attention over the last few years. I kind of, like, lost interest in it. I mean, I'd like to – I like to do it, obviously, because I'm so close to the end. But mm-hmm. unless I can do the British Indian Ocean Territory and Wake Island, um, I'm not going to put in a huge effort to go to the others, unless it just kind of, you know, you know, falls into place or whatever. Just because it's a lot of time, a lot of money, and you know, it's going to places that, aside from South Georgia, I'm not like really
0: dying to go to. You know, one sporting event, Liebemonti wishes he could have witnessed live.
1: One event. Um christ uh well if we're talking about historical event or sports
0: it's sports one sporting event that you wish you could have witnessed live when whatever it is because you and i've been to a ton you've been to everything super bowl olympics everything but one sporting event throughout history that you wish you could have witnessed live sitting first row at what
1: uh well in my lifetime I, I wish i i didn't go to uh i guess it was super bowl 42 the uh, when the giants beat the patriots with the david tyree catch mm-hmm. and I've, I've regretted that ever since because i thought the giants were going to get their asses kicked and i didn't want to spend all the money to do it <laughs> so uh, i've regretted that ever since um i wish i was at game six 1996 mm-hmm. uh for obvious reasons and, um, yeah, those are the two in my lifetime that I really, really wish I had gone to. Um, in terms of uh, ever, it would have been pretty cool to be at the uh, Bill Mazeroski uh,
2: Ooh, Game yes.
1: 7, against, even though it was against the Yankees in the 1960 World Series. That would have been pretty cool. It would have been pretty cool to be at Super Bowl III when uh, Joe Namath and the Jets beat the Colts down in Miami. And uh, the greatest game ever played, the 1958 NFL championship at Yankee Stadium when the Colts beat the Giants with the Don Amici uh, little touchdown there.
0: I always wondered, I'm glad you mentioned it quickly, you, you kind of glossed over it, why no book deal for you? The first time you ever came over, came on the show, I'm like, dude, how do not you have a book deal? Because like, you know, if you ever look up travel books, there's no good travel books. Um, I read one, I forgot the dude's name, I think he lives in Brooklyn, he went to every country, it was a big fabrication, I forgot the dude's name. Um, and it wasn't a good book. Why no travel book for you on visiting, getting, doing it? Why, why wouldn't you do that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I just really, I just haven't made the effort to do it uh, because I've been so busy doing other things and uh, those don't necessarily uh, equate to making a bunch of money. So, and it's a lot of time to do it. So, uh, but it's definitely on my list and uh, I hope uh, probably going to start writing it uh, <laughs> this,
0: this hiatus, so to speak. <laughs> hey, two questions about countries. One. You and I talked about last time. You can't go to uh, a and say you've been to the Netherlands. But I have one question because I got mixed answers on this. Iraq super hard to go to, but herbal does that count as going to Iraq?
1: Yeah, definitely. I okay, mean, it's part I, of I, Iraq. It's yes, in, okay. It's in the uh, the state of Kurdistan, so it's it's definitely Iraq. Uh, you can go to Baghdad and, uh, you know, Basra and all these places now if you want to, mm-hmm. um, but you have to get, it's it's a pain in the ass process and you have to go on a, uh, on a group trip. Um, I forget the name of the company that does it. I have it in my email because I actually looked into going to um, Baghdad after I went to Mogadishu a couple of months ago.
0: <laughs> that was, Lee, that was the greatest text. I'm like, Hey, what are you up to next week? You're like, Hey, hitting up Somalia. I said, What? What?
1: Well, tell me about yeah, that man, trip. Yeah, ta- uh, man, that was an experience because I'd been to uh, Somalia previously, but kind of like uh, Kurdistan, I was in Somaliland,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, I always kind of felt it was a little chintzy, so I always wanted to go back and I had the opportunity to go to uh, Mogadishu, and that was one of the cooler experiences in my life. Uh, you know, I'm glad it was only 24 hours, but, man, was
0: it awesome. Now, when you said, do you know the tour, was it the Young Pioneers tour? Was that the one?
1: Uh, no, I actually did it um, – uh, Independently. You, you're talking about Mogadishu?
0: Yes. Oh, did you? You did it independently? Yeah, I, I did it
1: independently. I kind of had a backdoor um, uh, entryway in there through a uh, guy who owns a business in Juba, South Sudan. It's complicated, but he, uh, he knew the guy who ran the Peace Hotel, which is the only place that you want to stay to in Mogadishu, and they sponsored my visa.
0: Oh, that's incredible. And, hey, speaking of visas, how about the two or three most difficult visas to get right now for an American?
1: Well, right now is different than when I was doing them all— um, you can't get a North Korea visa right now as an American. So I think, I guess that would definitely be number one. And uh, I guess Syria is really hard to get. Um, uh, Yemen, Libya, uh, and Venezuela. I think those would probably be the top five hardest right now.
0: Ben- wow, I didn't know Venezuela was even on that list.
1: Yeah, it's a real pain in the ass. They're not giving them out in America at all. For. The only Americans I know who have gotten, uh, Venezuelan visas, uh, recently have had to go to Ottawa and get them in Canada and basically beg.
0: Now, why is that? Is this cause problem with the governments or?
1: Yeah, because Venezuela has been run by criminals for the last 30 or 40 years. And, uh, you know, they don't like, uh, Americans interfering in their business and, uh, uh, I forget the guy's name who's president now, but he, he doesn't like Trump. So uh, they basically cut off uh, visas for, for us
0: in, in general. Two more things. One, where is Lee traveling to first when we're able to fly again?
1: <laughs> uh, I got asked this the other day, and I think my first trip, um, whenever it might be, is going to be to somewhere, some nice golf course, a nice place, and uh,
0: and just relax. So many people now want to be Insta-famous. They want to travel site. They want to be a blogger. You've had a long-term loyal following. It's a stable one. Your site is incredible, LeeAbamonte.com. You're a real influencer without even trying to be one. Any advice for those people and those couples who just want to get paid to travel?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing is, you know, with this with me, it was just never like what I intended to do. It just kind of worked out that way, you know, and if you – act like a real person and you're yourself as opposed to, you know, some of this horseshit you'll find out there, you know, people respect uh, people who, who do things and who have accomplished things and who tell the truth and who act normal. And, um, you know, who, if you can inspire people, they like that, but if they can relate to you, that's the most important thing. And, uh, that, that's why I've always found people say to me is that I'm relatable. And like, I answer people's questions. Like if they write to me, I, I answer their questions, you know what I mean? So, uh, and I like to engage with people.
0: Well, give the plugs for everything, the Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, your website. Give the plugs for everything before we finish up.
1: Yeah, everything is uh, Lea Bamonte, at Lea Bamonte on all social media. That's L-E-E-A-B-B-A-M-O-N-T-E. And uh, my website, as you mentioned, is dot com. And uh, if you look me up, I'm the uh, the tall, handsome gentleman.
0: <laughs> always wearing a Yankee hat.
1: Oh, generally always wearing a Yankee hat, although I, I did get a new one in the... Uh, in the roster recently because 47 stopped making those old, uh, faded Yankee hats, Now they all only have the fitted ones.
0: The, the ones that you and I would always wear. Cause they were the best, best, most, and they fit so good on our heads, didn't they?
1: Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the, the fitted ones, I forget who makes them, but they, they have that thing in the front. They stick up. Yes. You know, I mean, my head is weird. It doesn't <laughs> fit them well. So I don't really like them.
0: <laughs> Lee, thank you for doing this continued success. Try not to stay too bored. Keep making lists. You should do a podcast, and when I was with Westwood One, you did a demo on one, and I keep saying, you are the perfect person, you're articulate, you're a great storyteller, you're energetic, you're passionate, there's no reason why you don't bang out 25 minutes on this country, 20 minutes on this, there's no reason you're not doing that. You know that, right?
1: Yes, sir. And uh, listen, whenever uh, the bars open up again, let's go get some drinks, bro.
0: Only whiskey for you, though, Lee, because you're just being healthy. (laughs) All right, man. Lee, always a pleasure, my friend. Talk to you soon, okay?
1: All right, Mike. Take care.
0: Thanks, partner.